ahead and start. I gotta make this font bigger, though. What is it with you and the font? I made it bigger before I even sent Bruh, it. Bruh, you are a broadcast major. You should know that you have to have big font for people to read. I did. I made it 14. I did. I made it 13. The bigger you make the font, the more you have to read. <laughs> okay, is the font big enough for you now? Yeah, it's perfect. Thanks. You're very welcome. Well, everybody, welcome back to You're Going to Die in There, an American Horror Story podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Taylor. And as always, we have the one and the only... Haley Grace. You just Haley love Grace. taunting me. Say my name three times. Uh, what is this, like, the piggy man thing? No, that's Beetlejuice. Thank you. Well, it's well. You can do Beetlejuice. You can do the Piggy Man thing. Remember that from season one, and then you can do um, like Bloody Mary. I don't do any of that because I don't play with demons. But um, if other people want to do that, that's up to them. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Said it twice. Don't say All it. I again. gotta do it. Say it one more time. Don't say it again. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I don't play with demons like that. You know I don't play with demons. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I finally am back, 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 back again on the professional microphone and not my poor little AirPods. Um, so that's great. And just in time, because this week we are starting our deep dive into American Horror Story Cult, the seventh season of American Horror Story. Yes, we have finally made it. Seven seasons in, um, and yes, it does feel like an eternity, but we have made it. Most importantly, we finally made it through Roanoke, which was... Just took a year. Just took a year. It's fine. You know. But anyways, I am excited to be starting our discussion of a, of a different season, of a season that is... Um, I think it's aged better than you might think it has. I, there are some cringy moments throughout, but I do think it is better than I remembered it being. I watched it again. I think it was it was during COVID, and I was amazed by how quickly I was like going through the episodes and just kind of in the story. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this season because I think it's got some layers to it and some depth to it, um, much more than Roanoke, thank God. But before we do that, let's dive into a little American Horror Story news in a section we like to call the Lana Winter Special. Equally reviled and celebrated, she is one of the most provocative and polarizing figures of our time. Lee Harris has agreed to an interview live on television. Welcome to the Lana Winter Special. So, this week, um, nothing major in the American Horror Story universe is going on right now. Um, we're, of course, in that season between seasons where nothing happens, but... There was an interview that came out with Dennis O'Hare this past week um, for something else. Honestly, I don't remember 
what the inter- inter- interview was for, but he discussed American Horror Stories and how they brought him back for um, the Dollhouse episode, which Haley Grace and I both liked very much and we will be discussing at some point. Um, but of course... Just as soon as I finish watching all those episodes. Right. I mean, those are like standalone episodes and I still can't like commit to watching more than an hour of scripted TV right now. I can't, can't even commit to watching the, the latest season, so there's that. My ADD is so bad these days. It takes all I can do to sit through a TV show. So it's not personal to American Horror Story. It's like every show but the Golden Girls or Amer- or Desperate Housewives. Not Desperate Housewives. <laughs> Real Housewives. <laughs> Those are the only programs I can sit through. but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they are pretty desperate, but anyways. Um, but yes, so... If you have seen the Dollhouse episode, it is the backstory to Spalding from American Horror Story Coven. And in the interview, they asked him about what it was like going back to that character um, and kind of building it out. And he said, quote, it's a little bit of a long comment, so just bear with me. He said, I always do my own backstory if it's not fleshed out. As an actor, I do too much work on that. With Spalding in season three, I got a script where he gets his tongue back. Um, that's the flashback sequence. Uh, I think, yeah, well, there's a flashback, and then, yeah. Well, then he's a ghost, too, and he talks, but anyways. And then he said, I talked to some of the writers and decided to go with a Mississippi accent. The writer, Manny Cotto, who has um, been on American Horror Story for years, knew that and set the American Horror Stories episode titled Dollhouse in Mississippi, or a similar southern world. Of course, I had a very different idea of who Spalding was. For me, Spalding, as Spalding the Witches erased my memory. I would have never known that. I created my own backstory. As far as why I was working in this house and who my father was in the stories episode, I thought it was so well done. So basically he's saying, you know, I created my own backstory, and they kind of like used that um, as a light basis for that episode. Um, so I think it's a little interesting, you know, behind the scenes of how that episode came to be. And it's the, it's, it's the kind of episode that definitely stands alone. Like you don't have to have, have watch Coven to get it or like it or anything like that, but it does tie into it very, very well. And it, I remember, I re- remember watching it and being, not thinking like, I, I had heard it was going to tie into it, but like the way it goes along, it really doesn't like dive into that until like the very, very end of it. So it's very much its own thing and is a really interesting episode. I think everyone should definitely go check it out. And I'm excited to talk about it um, on the pod at some point, whenever we can commit to sitting down and watching these uh, episodes again, I guess I have a wait. How, how many of you watched uh, of the season many. Two. I think blood the Bloody Mary episode was the last one. Okay, that I watched. Yeah. I just watched the Dollhouse one because you told me to watch it because you were like he 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 you're gonna like it he 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 and I'm like mm-hmm. okay I gotta watch this so that's what I did um and it was well worth the time so that's what we have for our American Horror Story news. And now we're going to switch gears and we're going to start talking about American Horror Story cults. 
couple things about cult that are pretty pretty interesting. Um, on the production side, I think it's important for us to note that cult is directly tied to freak show, although it is set in the modern day. Now that um, connection comes into play with Twisty the Clown, kind of like Megan the Stallion, but Twisty the Clown, um, because there's a lot, there's a very strong clown presence in this season. Now, as far as his like, as far as his importance to the season, it is all but like non-existent, really. But I don't really know too much of why they threw him in here, except for the fact that he was already established in the American Horror Story universe, and they were doing stuff with clowns. But it is um, a direct tie to the rest of the series, and season seven revolves specifically around the aftermath of the 2016 election. This was like one of the first shows to really um, talk about it and uh, or was directly influenced by it um, because, you know, at the time, if you guys remember, it was uh, quite the hot topic. And this season, I think starts off a little heavy-handed with the influence of the election but as it goes on it it to me lays out a lot better but of course the first first two episodes i think are a little heavy-handed and it's um direct connection to the election mainly the election is used as a jumping off point for the rest of the season it's really not about the election more of the fallout from it um this season also has a lot of guest appearances from past seasons mainly we have emma roberts we have uh adina porter who turns to the series for the first time since season one and she has a much larger and expanded role and she kind of becomes a mainstay as the um, seasons go along afterwards and then we also have the return of Frances Conroy as well she did return for Roanoke in a very small role but she also has um, a role in uh, cult and I think we're also starting to get to the part of the series now where they're kind of just bringing the vets back in randomly for bit roles or smaller roles rather than having them be always, you know, the star of a season. Um, so we're going to see a lot of people pop up that we are very, very familiar with. So I'm going to go down the list of our main cast in a little section we like to call Elsa's Cabinet of Curiosities. My monsters, the ones you call depraved, they are the beautiful, heroic ones. They offer their oddity to the world. They provide a laugh or a fright to people in need of entertainment. We have probably one of the smallest main casts of any season. Um, the first top build actress is of course miss sarah paulson playing miss ally mayfair richards we have mr evan peters playing kai anderson this is one of his biggest roles in the entire show like 
you know, like, he'll go one season and he's got, like, 15 things he says the entire season. Or the next season, he's got, you know, he's starring in every episode, has, like, a monologue. Like, this is one of those seasons, seasons where they really, really utilize him. And, you know, I think it's one of his better American Horror Story performances, mainly because he actually gets something to do. Then we have the return of Mr. Cheyenne Jackson as Dr. Rudy Vincent. We have the introduction of one of, one of our favorites, Miss Billy Lord, the daughter of the late Carrie Fisher and granddaughter of Miss Debbie Reynolds, playing Winter Anderson, Kai's sister. And then we also have an, a, um, the introduction of Miss Allison Pill playing Ivy Mayfair Richards, Allie's wife. Um, so far, Allison Pill has only starred in this season. This is a great example of like someone coming in and only starring in one season, kind of like Michael Chiquillis did in Freak Show. So that's an, another interesting wrinkle. Then in our recurring cast, these are folks that we're definitely going to see a lot this season. We have, of course, Miss Adina Porter playing Beverly Hope. We have Mr. Colton Haynes playing Detective Jack Samuels. And I have a story about that as we get later into the season. Um, we have Francis Conroy, who plays B.B. Babbitt. Billy Eichner and Leslie Grossman are introduced in this season. Um as a quote-unquote couple even though billy eichner plays a gay man and he plays harrison wilton and leslie grossman one of our favorites plays miss meadow wilton and they are only recurring this season but leslie of, co of course um gets upgraded in the coming seasons because she was definitely a breakout uh kind of star for the this is when her bowl got stolen during um halloween oh yes was this that year was this this was, was that year yeah it was that year so <laughs> um we had this was back when she was she used she used to be on twitter a lot more than she is and um around it was on instagram was, she posted it like an instagram story was it an instagram or was it on twitter? it was on both okay but i, I think, think she posted well, it, about the, it on instagram yeah, the interaction we had was on Twitter, though. So it was Halloween, and it was like, I think they had just aired an episode or something. And she was tweeting about how she had put her um, Halloween bowl like, outside so that the kids can just like get the candy on their own. And someone stole her bowl. And we had this really fun interaction. I'll have to find it and post, post it. Um, but it just made us love her even more than we already do. And, uh, yeah, so those are our, um, those are our main players for the season and kind of our setup for our very first episode that we're going to cover, Election Night. Also, fun fact, this is the first season, um, to use the abbreviation A-A-A-H-S. Can you say that again? You know what? How about you shut the fuck up? How about that? Um, <laughs> the abbreviation A, at, oh my God, I cannot say it. My, I <laughs> One think more time. You, shut up. Leave me alone. A, H, S. I, I keep on wanting Good to say job. A. <laughs> I keep on wanting to say like A, A, like I'm going to A, A, which is a different conversation for a different day. Um, but that's not what the abbreviation is. And it's actually like in the, like 
intertidal. So that, that's kind of fascinating. It kind of it kind of shows that they were trying to veer towards more of the like Twitter online audience who abbreviate it with hashtag AHS instead of just spelling out the whole thing American Horror Story. So um, that's an interesting little tidbit there as well. But now I will stop talking and I'll let Haley Grace start her um, incredible uh, re- rendition. Re- yeah, re- rendition, recounting of American Horror Story season seven. What's the episode called? Oh, yes. <laughs> it, episode one is titled um, Election Night. Thank you, Taylor, for that. You are welcome. Scintillating conversation. Um, you know so, what? What? Nothing. Let's let you talk. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> so on election night, Allie Maine, I mean, Allie Maker <laughs> Richards. This is not Allie Maine. There are no dead husbands because they're a lesbian couple. <laughs> okay. Well, Allie is horrified because the Don has been elected president of the United <laughs> States. Not the Don. Um, Allie's wife, Ivy, comforts her. Meanwhile, across the street, down the road a little bit, Kai Anderson is ecstatic that the revolution has begun while his sister, Winter, who worked for Old Pantsuit's campaign, is devastated. Oh, yeah. There's, like, this whole sequence where he puts Cheetos. I haven't gotten to that yet, so close your lips. Okay, sorry. I forgot that was in that. I was too excited because it's just absurd, and I just... Okay, sorry. So, um, while Allie's wife is comforting her, their son, Ozzy Osbourne... (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) is concerned that his moms will no longer be able to stay together with him as a family. Meanwhile, Kai is filling a blender with some cheese puffs and blending them up and taking the powder and putting it on his face. Um, That's gross. In tribute to the dawn. The dawn. (laughs) Don't ever say his full name. Just call him the dawn. Anytime he's ever mentioned, please. Um, and Winter is depressed because she dropped out of college to work on the campaign for old pantsuits. Not old pantsuits. Listen, <laughs> this is why you never, like, I would never have dropped out of college to go work on a campaign. I'm sorry. Like, I know there's people mm-hmm. who love the whole politics land. It's just not something I would, like, dive my whole, like, or, like, put college on hold for. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Well, while she's having a a sad day in her room, Kai comes in with his orange face and um, they have a moment where they bond over the idea that everyone is scared in the wake of the results. Trauma bonding, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like some in, fucked in up a, trauma bonding. In a nearby park, there um, is a man and a woman... Who are getting a little handsy while on a picnic. Um, and they are attacked by Twisty the Clown. <laughs> of course it was a clown. Specifically Twisty. Um, 
the man shoots Twisty multiple times, but Twisty cuts him up and chases the woman to an abandoned bus where he cuts off her tongue. And this is um this plays out just like the scene from Freak Show. It's supposed to mirror yes. it almost exactly. Um because this is actually a retelling in a graphic novel that Ozzy Osbourne is reading under his bed sheets, like <laughs> under the covers. Um <laughs> What kind of mothers let their child read a graphic novel about Twisty the Clown murdering some people? Listen, as we are going to discover this season, these are the most unattentive, no, unhinged and unattentive parents I have ever seen because Ozzy just like disappears for episodes at a time. And I'm like, where the hell did he go? Where's Ozzy Osbourne? (laughs) Where did he go? And then like, if they do talk about him, he's just like been at home or something. And I'm like, what? Anyways. Yeah. Well, Allie confronts him and is triggered by her. I can't even say that word. I'm going to pronounce it as chlorophobia. We're going to learn more about it in a minute. (laughs) She's triggered by everything. Yeah, she she is triggered. A baby, it's ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is the famous season where she screams like every episode 90 percent of the time yeah for like a good four episodes like the first four episodes at the very least she's like screaming 90 percent of the time and it became like such a joke on twitter because everyone was like oh is she gonna scream again and yet of course she did (laughs) anyway um kai delivers a speech to the brookfield heights city council um of which Allie and ivy's neighbor Tom Chang is a member. Kai emphasizes that chaos should be encouraged so that fear can help the community organize. Kai is rebuked and overridden on his motion to suspend a police presence protecting the local JCC. Not the JCC. Not you abbreviated. <laughs> the Jewish Community Center, the JCC. I know, but I just didn't know you were going to abbreviate it. Sorry, that's my column. I know, I just think it's funny that you abbreviated it. we have um, the one down the road. Yeah, if you've got a man on your city council who's like, you know what, let's not help protect our local citizens of different faiths and cultures, then maybe that's a red flag, maybe? Maybe. So, Allie goes to visit her therapist, Rudy Vincent, and she's listing... All of her triggered phobias, from clowns to small holes. She's reminded that she's overcome these and more. She credits Ivy and President Obama's term. And her therapist prescribes her medication and a social media purge. Later, she interacts with the Make, a, Make America Great Again hat wearing the Dawn supporter cashier at the grocery store she becomes increasingly paranoid and affected the longer she spends shopping in the otherwise empty store she sees a pair of the clowns (laughs) and not just goofy people actual clowns oh these are like some terrifying costumes i will give them that um she sees them in the security mirror and then they just vanish when she turns around 
Um, she's pursued by more clowns in the aisles. She throws a bottle of wine to defend herself, which first of all, that was dumb. <laughs> why are you going to throw it at them? Just break it and use it like a, a stabby weapon. Well, but, that, like, why are you going to waste really good wine? But if, if you're needing a weapon, why are you throwing bottles at people? I would just break a bottle off and have a glass right, like, shard where I can yeah. slice them up and run. Right. No, totally. Um... But she runs to the car like a scared little girl. Ah. And she calls Ivy for comfort but realizes that there's a clown in the back seat. And in a panic, she drives to a concrete light pole <laughs> and passes out. Okay. I'm sorry. This entire sequence, I know it's, I know it's meant to be, like, terrifying. The it way that Sarah Paulson plays comedy. it. It is pure comedy. The screaming, the running, the throwing. <laughs> I mean, it is it is absolute camp at its like at the highest degree. And it's 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 iconic. Let's just be real about it. Yeah. So she finally goes home and Abby is like there's no evidence that any of this happened at the store so you were insane um the next day Allie and Ivy discuss the state of their shared business which is a restaurant and their marriage Ivy feels like Allie has been obsessed with the election to the exclusion of their lives Ivy reminds Allie that for all her political protests that she voted for a third party <laughs> candidate, Jill Stein, and not all pantsuits, therefore contributing to the Don's victory. This revelation is one of the funniest things about this season because she is always like, because it, because it's just so like anti-Trump, obviously, that the that that the revelation that she voted for Jill Stein is also just. The, uh, the icing on this cake. <laughs> yeah. Um, they encounter Kai on the street who... Like Billy on the street? Yes, exactly. He <laughs> runs up to people and screams things at them and... Yeah. Lovely. Um, he unapologetically and... Who unapologetically... Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, so now you have a uh, word you can't uh, say. Unapologetically. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly intentionally. Okay, so yeah. Um, he unapologetically. Oh my god, he spills coffee on them, <laughs> but it might be on purpose. Okay, moving on. He definitely spilled it on them on purpose. He definitely but... did. Um, later, Allie, I want to be like Allie and AJ interview. <laughs> <laughs> Saw them in concert in uh, 2019. Great. Allie and AJ interview and hire Winter as Ozzy Osbourne's new nanny. <laughs> Privately, Kai interviews his sister, who reveals that among her other secrets, her deepest fear is of him. Oh, they have this um, recurring trope throughout the season where they do like a pinky thing, and that is. That like whenever Kai does the pinky with people, that means like they have to tell him the absolute truth, um, and it's also like in the uh, the opening credits too. So just a recurring motif that I wanted to point out. 
Thank you for that, Taylor. You're very welcome. That's what I'm here for. Moving on. Um, at night, Kai taunts a gathered group of Hispanic men from across the parking lot. Why? While doing so, he urinates into a Ugh. rubber. Before I knew you were going to say a rubber. What are, you, what are you, 90 years old? explodes. And a rubber. She's like. A rubber band man. <laughs> oh, is that what that means? What? The rubber band man song? No. Oh, okay. That, but that's what I called Rubber Man. The Rubber Band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. It's You're so far like... removed that you don't even know what I said on your podcast. <laughs> it's your podcast, too. Anyway, they rush over and beat him, unaware that they are being recorded. Good for them. Conspiracy. While the wives spend a night at the restaurant at the house, Winter bonds with. Ozzy Osbourne over his fascination with creepy old twisty. She shows him a dark website of horrors to desensitize him to violence and mayhem. (laughs) The literal worst babysitter ever. (laughs) In a moment alone, Ozzy peers through the Ozzy Osbourne peers through the window. (laughs) I I like how you I like how you change it. You're like, no, we gotta call him Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Well, he observes an ice cream truck uh, park across the street and the same group of goofy, silly people clowns that Allie saw in the grocery store exit the vehicle and gaze at the house. He goes running to winter, ear to pocket, ear to pocket. Meanwhile, <coughs> the date at the restaurant is going south because Allie sees a clown in the in the restaurant and has further hallucinations about the food that Ivy prepared. She's like, you're trying to kill me. When they arrive home, the neighboring Chang family has been murdered by the clown gang while Ozzy Osbourne watched through a window, guided by Winter. Winter disputes Ozzy Osbourne's recollection of events, and Detective Samuels tells the ladies that it was a murder-suicide. Um, during the night, Allie calls out for Ivy, but encounters a, a goofy, silly clown instead. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She literally like rolls over and there's a clown in the bed. I would not only have peed myself, I would have shat all over the bed. I don't it'd think be a you dead understand. clown. It'd be a, well, yeah, it'd be a dead clown first. And I ain't foremost. about to get got in my own bed. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, talk about like invading your privacy to the utmost, like uh, utmost. I can't talk. Jeez, wow. None of us are drunk either. We just can't talk. Um, but yeah, like, think about it. Like, your bed is supposed to be, like, one of your safest places in life, you know? And then you roll over and you see, like, a clown. I mean, come on. No wonder she's nuts. I mean, she's already nuts, but, you know, that didn't help. Okay. So, that is episode one, election night. And we are going to swiftly move on now to episode two, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Allie encounters a clown in her bedroom and runs downstairs to Ivy, who arms herself with a knife. Did you almost say Ivy and clowners? (laughs) Allie, not Ivy. No, no. I thought thought you were going to say Allie in clowners. (laughs) Clown in her bedroom. (laughs) Ivy searches the room, but even Allie is unsure about what she saw because she'd been gaslighted. 
As she they embrace, to hell back, I swear. As they embrace, Allie questions her grip on reality. Unbeknownst to them, the clown is in Ozzy Osbourne's room. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne hides from the invading clown and from Twisty, who chase him into the bathroom. His cries draw his mothers, who wake him from a night terror. Anyway, Kai's beating was caught on video by the news tenants filling the Chang's home, Harrison and Meadow Wilton. Oh, yes, we have our introduction. The incident was staged to propel Kai into the public eye so that he can run for city council on Tom's now vacant seat. Allie's curiosity. That's one way to get a seat. Just kill the guy who uh, had it before you. The clowns, the clowns killed him. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Allie's curiosity is piqued when she sees the movers unloading many large blue barrels into the garage, and the husband is wearing a fully encapsulating coverall with hood and respirator. In the kitchen of the butchery, Ivy is planning a night out leading to a scuffle between her and kitchen manager and Pedro, a Hispanic member of the kitchen staff. A flare-up is stopped by Allie, who does not want to inflame racial tensions in this political climate. Winter and Ozzy Osbourne are at odds. He feels she represented him as a liar about the death of the Changs and his experiences, and she engages the pinky ritual she did with Kai earlier to free him from his fear. In the aftermath, Winter takes him to meet the new neighbors. In a panic of the unknown, Ivy and Allie run to catch him, finding him completely happy and safe in their backyard. Initially afraid, they warm slightly to the brutally honest new neighbors who practice beekeeping. Fucking weird. Harrison excitedly (laughs) talks about the hive and how it operates to a Fascinated Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> Meadow describes her cancer survival, and Harrison reveals that he is gay and that they're in a lavender marriage. As they continue through the house, they see the bloody symbol showing through the paint on the inside of the front door. Oh, when the f- yeah. They full on like move into these people's houses that just like th- slap this, this, a slap a coat of paint on it. It'd be right. But I'm like that just got the landlord special. Uh, not Hold on my on. watch. Um, when the family returns home, Allie and Ivy discuss their suspicions and doubts. Ozzy Osbourne is afraid to sleep alone. Ivy receives an alert on her phone that the security alarm at the restaurant has been triggered. Allie volunteers to check it out. I don't know why they sent the baby. But anyway, inside she hears a suspicious noise and tracks it to the meat locker, where she finds the kitchen manager hanging from a meat hook unalive. It happens. The Mayfair Richards household tightens up on security, installing steel bars on all of the windows and doors. Ivy arrives with therapist Rudy Vincent in tow for a surprise house call. Um, he contacted Ivy out of concern for Allie, who had missed several appointments. She relates that Roger, the manager, was actually still alive when Allie 
found him, but she accidentally unalived him trying to help him. Whoops. Yikes. Pedro Morales, the cook, is Detective Samuel's prime suspect given the altercation in the kitchen. Allie feel, feels that her phobias have prepared her for the new climate of fear. She is offered a pew-pew from Harrison's sizable firearms collection. Not a pew-pew. <laughs> Rudy is immediately concerned about her, her being armed in her current mental state. She complies, compels him to maintain a doctor-patient confidentiality from Ivy. He does tell Ivy that he's concerned about Allie developing agoraphobia and that she should be monitored as often as possible. A knock at the door triggers Allie's anxiety. Same girl. And she finds (laughs) Kai on her porch. He's campaigning for city council. When she denies him injury, he launches into an aggressive exposition on his platform based on security. (laughs) She counters that she prefers to build bridges rather than walls. He mentions the irony of her newly installed security precautions. She eventually slams the door in his intimidating face. Pedro pleads his innocence to Ivy. He did not unalive the chef. Um, while Winter is putting Ozzy Osbourne to bed, he wants to do the, rich, the pinky ritual again. Winter says, nah, my dude, telling him um, if he's unsure if he's awake or dreaming just to ask. She finds Allie contemplating her medication and urges her to relax and runs a bath for her. While in the tub, Allie reluctantly accepts a sponge bath from Winter, culminating in a seduction attempt interrupted by a blackout. A clown appears in Ozzy Osbourne's room. When an awake Ozzy Osbourne asks if he's asleep, he is told that he is. Harrison bangs on the window and tells Winter and Allie that the blackout is a coordinated terrorist attack, which prompts Winter to leave to protect and defend her home. Allie calls Ivy, who is trying to preserve the refrigerated meat. Mid-call, Allie's battery dies, so Ivy sends Pedro to the house with supplies. Allie realizes she is locked in the house with an invader, and she tr- and she sees the ice cream truck that Ozzy Osbourne had described parking outside. In a panic, she finds that the backup battery in the security system has been removed. She collects the pew-pew from where it is hidden, and she wakes Ozzy Osbourne and takes him to the kitchen with a plan to flee to the Wilton's house. Upon opening the door, she sees a figure outside and shoots out of reflex. Pedro falls unalive at the doorstep. To be continued. Yes. There you have it. Episode 2 of American Horror Story Cult. Don't be afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of the dark because of this stupid show. Really? Yeah, that feral episode really got me I, one night. I knew you were going to say the feral episode. 
That literally mm-hmm. changed your life, didn't it? It did. <laughs> For the worst. I can't watch I can't watch spooky stuff before I go to bed. I have to watch something like Bluey or something like that. Not Bluey. Airport. I'm gonna go to the airport. <laughs> okay. I love Bluey. This could be a Bluey podcast. We could do that next after we do our. Bluey um, tobacco on the wall. I've never seen Bluey ever. <gasps> I know I people love him, you. though. Like, full-on adults love Bluey. Him? And I'm like, is him? It, him? Is it a her? It's a her. Is it? Is this some, like... I'm sorry. <gasps> Wait. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this some Blue's Clue shit? No. Bluey is a blue healer from Australia. She no, 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 and her no, no, little no, 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 no. sister, Bingo. I mean, remember Blue's Clues? Everyone used to think that Blue was a boy because it was, like, blue. Because she was blue. Because blue is a boy color. I mean traditionally thought to be yes do i adhere to that no but i'm not i don't know i thought blue was a boy when i was little and then they're like look at blue she's i'm like what no, my life has changed with that revelation in bluey it's um bluey and bingo and their mom and dad bandit and chili okay all right quite the names 10 out of 10 Lovely. show. Airport. I'm not going to the airport. <laughs> Thank you. Freaking love um, bingo. Well, we'll have on to, to the next Bluey. thing. Yeah, on to the next because I don't know enough about Bluey to have a coherent conversation about Bluey. Um, one thing I did want to mention, I forgot to mention that mr john carroll lynch also returns to the series as twisty the clown reprising the role from season four um so we do love a good continuity moment there Mm -hmm. so we are now going to move on to a little section that we haven't gotten to do in quite a while and that section is the briarcliff jukebox pack a camel no gerard it's not a cigarette machine it's a great big music box and for our maiden number i would like to dedicate this one to our newest resident patient number g2573 miss judy martin so these episodes start to uh start featuring some music from the world again now that we're kind of back in the traditional american horror story format um, in the t- first two episodes here, we don't have a lot of music, but there is one song from the premiere that I wanted to point out. Um, it is called Hellfire by Black Cat Manor, and I did a little research on them, and they're, they were kind of, not, I wouldn't call it a local band, but more of like a regional, re- regionally known band, and it was a really big surprise to them that they got the call that American Horror Story wanted to use their song. So that is uh, pretty cool. And I, forgive me if I forget where it, it, it exactly plays, but I feel like it plays at the very beginning when Kai is having his, like, meltdown, or I guess melt up about Trump winning, whatever you want to call it. So I'm pretty sure that's why that where, where that plays. If I'm wrong, sorry. Um, I only talk about american horror story on this podcast so you think i would know things about it but maybe i don't who's to know well we're gonna wrap it up now i am so happy that we're not talking about roanoke our two feathers 
I'm <laughs> so glad we're never <laughs> to talk about it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, these first two episodes, I really feel like are really heavy-handed in the um, post-election craziness. As the season goes on, I'm going to keep saying this only because, like, I just feel like the back half of the season is much more interesting than the first half of the season. But as the season goes on, it is very evident that this is just a jumping off point um, because we're, I mean, it gets a lot crazier <laughs> and much, much better. And Sarah Paulson finally stopped screaming at a certain point, and it's amazing. So we're going to get there eventually, but I am pretty excited to be talking about this season. And I'm just glad to be back talking with you, Haley Grace. It's the highlight of my life. I know glad that i'm the highlight of your life too thank you for pointing that out <laughs> glad i could be of service <laughs> love that um alrighty, so that is all we got for this week you can find american horror story on tv that's not what i was gonna say my my brain had a fart um i was gonna say that you can find this podcast on social media at die in their pod um on instagram and twitter even though we haven't updated twitter since last year he 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 um, and then you can find myself at Taylor D H E R T Y on Twitter and Taylor D H E R T Y ninety three on Instagram. And where can everyone find you on the social media, Haley Grace? Um, at H G H Evans. Everywhere on all of them. All of them, especially LinkedIn. You should definitely go hit hit, hit her up on LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know if I got a LinkedIn anymore. Oh, you know, okay. Do you remember sure that I business do. class in college where they made you make a LinkedIn? Yes. It, trauma, trauma, generational yeah. trauma, daily trauma, family trauma, just trauma, everywhere. Alrighty. Well, that is all for this week. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.